0: Well, welcome back to the NordicEd podcast and today we are going to have a lot of fun. Um, we've got a really fun topic out there that we're going to be talking on and it's um, it's massive dinghy fails right? Things that have really screwed up when you're on vacation or just when you're using your boat and your dinghy um, but what we've done is we've got a couple of guests on on today and They uh, run uh, Boaty ball and we'll talk about that what that is uh, In a little second. Um, it's Bob Wall and Ty Atterbury. Um, from Bodie Ball, and um Ball basically is a way to reserve um, a mooring ball when you go to the BVI and some other locations. So, um, so Ty and Bob, hey, welcome, welcome to the show. Let's have some fun today.
1: Excellent. Hey, thanks for having us.
0: Oh, you're totally welcome. So, um, I think let's let's give them a little um, inkling of what Bodie Ball is. Then we'll talk about some massive dinghy fails, and then we'll actually, you know, really talk about how to reserve a mooring ball when you go to the bvi and then we'll you know round it off some more with some more massive dinghy fails so um uh, (laughs) yeah yeah.
2: we've we've got our share (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) but uh, none of them happened to you right it was all other people right
1: No, it's all yeah. second secondhand stories. Yes, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah,
2: yeah, we we have a saying when you're in the BVI, you're either the show or you're watching the show. Yeah, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, we've been the show a couple of times.
0: Right. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> if you if you're not the show, then uh, you're just not. You're li- You're telling lies. I think right, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's going to happen to you. <laughs> Stuff is going to happen. Uh, all right, so uh, Tommy, tell, t- tell us a little bit about Bodyball Ball, just so we can get some uh, some inkling of what's going on there, and then we'll then we'll start hitting some dinghy, massive dinghy fails. All
2: cool. right, yeah. Well, Grant, you did a, you did a good job of uh, kind of hitting on it. We we uh, built the app basically to allow boaters to reserve mooring balls or just simply pay for mooring balls in the BVI and partner with the local businesses uh, down there. And um, we, uh, we partnered with a couple of the businesses in the BVI after Irma, and one of their big issues was dealing with cash. Uh, and so they approached us to see if we could help them with that. And that's where the, uh, the idea of Bodyball Ball really came from, was really just helping some of the local businesses after Hurricane Irma uh, deal with some of the challenges that they had. And we knew as boaters, being able to spend more time on the water as the BVI got more and more crowded, um, and uh, was something that was was intriguing to us and something that we knew we would enjoy.
1: Yeah, and I, and the, the business owners benefited um, in various ways. They they could get a more dependable crowd for dinner. So if you you made a reservation at you know restaurant x and you arrived there and you could not get a mooring ball a lot of times the people never called and canceled the reservation and they were holding food for them and they ended up you know with a lot of food that they weren't using so by having a reservable mooring ball field it leveled off their um their customer flow they could better plan um for their meals for that night it seems um is the field some of the feedback we're getting back on it
0: right and um you know and, and look, mooring balls are a good thing um and here's one of the really big things that mooring balls are good is that it preserves the bottom right so you're not chucking an anchor oh, down, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. dragging it through coral yeah. and um as we all know that coral is pretty precious these days so uh you know everybody listening mooring balls are a good thing uh the more mooring balls that we have in places like this the better and the more that people use and can rely on a mooring ball the better um, so having a reservation system is really, really good. Um, all right, let's, uh, we'll talk about how to make a reservation um, on, a, on using Bodyball Ball um, in a minute. So let's get to our really favourite fun thing <laughs> we're going to do today. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, the, tell as many lies as you want or um, make it third party as much as you want that this didn't happen to you, it happened to a friend maybe that yeah. happened to you. We heard
1: about this at a run bar somewhere. <laughs> the, uh, so. Everything we're going to talk about about dinghies happened on one trip. Um, When when Ty and I go down to the BBIs, it's like, it's just a whirlwind. We're just going from bay to bay to bay, um, talking to the people that have our mooring balls and trying to set meetings up with um, various organizations. And we generally, if we can, um, we love a sailboat, but a lot of times we're not, uh, we don't have the the time for it. So we get on a, a dreaded power cat and just, zip around and and to get to all our appointments i mean it allows us to get up at six o'clock in anagata and hit three or four stops you know that same day so we were we were where are we coming to Kane, into Kane, 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 Kane garden, garden bay so we're we're we are, um on a power cat and we're we hang the left and go into Kane garden bay and we pull up to a mooring ball and we tie up
2: like champs like
1: you know like amateurs probably but <laughs> we 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 tie up and turn the you know turn the power cat off and uh we hear a thump in the back of the boat and we we're both up on the, on the upper deck. We turn around and the the dinghy is motoring away from the boat and it's running over the line. So we run down and we grab the, um, the line that you tether the dinghy to the uh, power cat with, and we're holding it up, trying to get it out of the prop. Um, so it doesn't go out to sea (laughs) and it's, it's, it's everything we can do to hold this line up and the dinghy hits into the line. And then we have to reel it back in and, uh, we turn it off but what we figured out on that when we pulled from i think we were coming from, from, from anagata yeah we were coming from anagata when we pulled that dinghy um somebody wasn't myself <laughs> left it in gear <laughs> and it started it the rotations of the prop actually started that two-stroke motor and wow. uh it, it drove into the back of the cataract, <laughs> so bounced it, off and, and heading out to see um you know had it not been for us grabbing that line, it probably would have been still going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the, the dinghy engine jump started itself as yes. you were towing it through the water. Cause somebody left it, uh, down, somebody down position. I, we can say his name. Somebody. <laughs> and, and, uh, and in gear. And in then, gear. and then again, uh, the third mistake, I guess, is leaving that little, um, that red, uh, kill s- safety kill switch, yeah. um, uh, line um, on. <laughs> so yep. you, you had all the ma- makings oh. taken off.
1: it oh, was awesome. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, it, it definitely a learning experience. This,
2: but this was the first of uh, 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 several stories from the dinghy uh, from hell.
1: Yeah, this dinghy so. was possessed. <laughs> it was awesome, but it was possessed.
2: But Grant, maybe before we jump to our next one, I know you, I think you've got a, a, a few of
0: your own. Oh, you know, I've been to the I've been charting all over the world, right? Um, been to BVI, I think 12 times, um, always on a nice vacation. So I'm not running around like you guys. So I really pity you on that one. But um, you know, look, um, and, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've done this. And even in our Nordic Ed courses, I even uh, I challenge people to just have a vacation once without chopping up the painter from your dinghy right so you're, you're towing a your dinghy in and um and, and you, you, you come up to the mooring ball, uh, whatever, and you just sort of, you know, you forget, right? You forget that you're towing the dinghy because everything's nice back there. And you put it in reverse, yep. especially if you dropped an anchor, right? So now you're reversing back on the anchor and you just, you know, you're backing up and the dinghy's still there. And the painter, which is the line that goes from the dinghy uh, to the boat, uh, just sort of, it sinks down and goes underneath and chop it in the prop. And, and that's it, right? Now you've got <laughs> now you've got yeah, a line around never the Never heard of that happening. No, no, never, never, never. Yeah. Never, yeah. Never. yeah. It's, yeah. uh, so anybody listening in that's a that's a, a challenge to you to go through your life without chopping up the painter and and with that is always um, the fishing line too right so I don't know how many times I've chopped up a fishing line um, something to do a short-term memory loss or just you know something that's getting excited about coming into a beautiful bay but that's uh, that's one so um, and this did happen to a friend of ours one time we were going into North Sound and he was coming up um, and he's just tying up to the mooring ball and along comes one dinghy towing another dinghy and goes up to my friend on his boat and says, "Uh, excuse me, is this your dinghy? and uh so somehow they had chopped the line up and it would just freed itself and they'd left it about 200 yards back and it was just drifting away <laughs> and they didn't even know they'd done it so, so we've always laughed at that one is this your dinghy why yes it is
1: <laughs> thank you Maybe. very much
0: um then um and the same topic uh, of of that one is um you know you know those crew, mem- crew members that you have on your boat that um don't know how to tie knots um, yes so never <laughs> trust one of those crew members to tie your dinghy um and then before you head off on a long trip because one time we we're going along and somebody said to me where's where's uh where's the dinghy I'm, <laughs> I back, um i don't know <laughs> I have no idea actually so um we backtrack about a mile um and we found the dinghy just sort of floating there just ready for it to come pick it pick it up so <laughs> You know, that was... Uh, wasn't my knot. Um, <laughs> of could, course not. Couldn't have been. Could, could, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's... Uh, all right, so have I went up to you on that one? Or, or have, um... well, well,
2: actually, actually probably a, a pretty good transition into uh, what happened next on our trip. I mean, like you said, you know, there's a lot of people that have gotten a, a painter stuck in their prop. I, for one, have never done that. Uh, Bob, on the other hand, well...
0: <laughs> so that
1: this same trip... <laughs> Next day, we are, um, we're on the powercast the, the power cat. It's a new powercast nice power cat, and it has electronic throttles, so they're not cable driven. So when you go from neutral to drive, it makes just a tone. And there's a very, very small detent and the throttles are three inches tall. And it's all very modern looking, but going from um, forward to neutral, it's, you kind of got to feel for that neutral spot because it may or may not go into reverse. But <laughs> we were, we were making another haul out in the ocean and uh, outside the islands, I should say, and and running pretty well, but the painter wasn't long enough. Um, and the dinghy was having a, it was, just wasn't riding very well. So we stopped and grabbed a, uh, a dock line and extended the length of it. And it just seems to fix everything. We were going along about 10 minutes later and we got a, uh, a low voltage alarm on one of the, the motors, or on one of the engines. And we, you know, stopped in the middle of the ocean. There's three to four foot swells and the boat's kind of rolling a little bit. And Ty and I run down and um, look at the, the panel to try to see what's going on. And again, we hear the thump and we're like, why in the world? Are the dinghy's at the back of the boat? And I was like, "That thing, Ty, jump in and turn that thing off." Well, Ty goes, "It's not running." I said, "Oh God!" And I, I go up, go back up top, and and check, and I had put the um, starboard engine into reverse, and of course the oh. dock line sinks <laughs> and spins around the prop and reeled that ding in like it was a fish. <laughs> so we drew straws, meaning I told Ty to get a knife and jump overboard and uh start cutting line off this thing and it was it was it was too rough to be under the boat and and try to work um it was actually it was fairly dangerous um and so we limped into where would we go marina key marina key on one engine tied up to a mooring ball and uh we actually didn't even have a knife. We no, a no we had a
2: knife. knife. We, we, yeah. didn't have a, we didn't have a mask. Yeah, we didn't
1: have a mask. We had a knife, but no, absolutely no scuba gear or snorkels or anything on a boat, which is a first. And Another uh, mistake. Another mistake. We go and ask somebody to borrow a mask and cut that thing well, off. Well, first off, we agreed that we
2: were going to tell nobody that this ever happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, later, later right now you
0: you're the telling the world. The
2: going. <laughs> later, five <Yeah>. minutes later, <laughs> in the bar with a little rum going,
1: yeah. everybody in the, yeah. Uh, Keep uh, a good story under the lids. It's a good story.
0: Right now, the uh, only you, God, and the internet knows about this (laughs) story, right? And
1: the charter company. Well, yeah, which this is probably a good
2: point, Grant, to to, uh, highlight the fact that if you are going on charter, you should get the charter insurance. Uh, Never pass on that. Uh, And in this case, we obviously let the uh, charter company know uh, what was going on. Don't try to sneak away with anything there's yeah. seals and things that get yeah. busted when you when you pull rope in like that
1: yeah you can bust the you know a a, a prop shaft seal or something and and um yeah. if especially if you don't know anything about that i would i would call them immediately and say hey we just wrapped a rope and they'll send a, a boat out to check it because you can flood the boat as we were told Um <laughs> but it, it's yeah that was the second time so we've caught the painter yeah yeah before yeah, yeah. which
2: but, yeah. but uh, Grant, I think you guys have a, uh, a good piece actually on your website about charter insurance. Yep. If anybody's uh, you know never been down before or looking into it, uh, but uh, yeah, I would highly recommend highly it because recommend it. no matter how experienced you are, you're going to have a problem at some yeah.
1: point. Eventually, well, if you go down. that's the first time we've ever had problems um, on any of the times we've been down. We've been down several times and never had an issue with any of the boats and it just, you know, the same trip even gets
0: better right. later on so well <laughs> it comes down to statistics right so one day you're going to have problems, yeah. <laughs> like why why do you buy car insurance not because you're going to go out today and and have an accident right. but you know sometime in the next 2 years 5 years you're going to have an accident so um, that so that piece that you refer to that's on our website notaget.org um if you click on sailing vacations at the top and then um, You'll see uh, charter resources and we've got helpful hints and tips and things like that. And it really explains what um, charter insurance is all about. Um, but no, you bring up a good point. Look, um, if you if you muck something up on a boat, just just take the responsibility and just, you know, deal with it properly because, um, you know, it's, one, it's just bad karma, right? Um, you don't want bad karma right. out on yourself and uh, you are dealing with the ocean. So the ocean is particularly good at paying back bad karma. Uh, <laughs> and you know it can affect the next person um so uh I, um, on that particular issue i have dealt with that uh if you can catch it early um you just put the prop the gear lever in the opposite direction and sometimes if you're lucky it'll actually unwind um right that line um,
2: unwinding.
0: yeah <laughs> okay yeah anyway there's a tip just sort of a tip or a trick you know try that one first um please don't be in the water at the time you know use your brains um yep. all, that, all that stuff but uh that that is a tip and a trick um i, I do remember one time where uh one of the guys it was oh, i think midnight and he takes off in the dinghy just for a midnight run and comes back about three o'clock in the morning paddling and uh, he he says uh oh man every time i start the dinghy as soon as I put it in gear, it stalls. And I've been doing that for the last three hours, and I had to paddle all the way back about a mile and a half. And I, and I woke up, I was sleeping on the front, and I just looked at him and said, um, oh, you got the uh, painter wrapped around the dinghy. Um, probably. <laughs> and then I promptly went back to sleep, and he just he razzed me in the morning. He's like, how the hell did you know that? You woke up and just told me, I'm like, oh, I've done that before plenty of times. <laughs> so as um, soon as you go put it in gear, and same with the... Um, any engine on your boat as well, right? If you um, yep. really put it in gear and any time it just stalls straight away, you have always got uh, some sort of line that you picked up somewhere uh, wrapped around the prop, so... Um, that's 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 how you know that. Um, yeah. So and and, yep. and that's the look. This is the point of this whole thing. We're not trying to rag on ourselves. We're not trying to point ourselves out as amateurs, right? We're just saying, look, when you're out there, stuff happens, and it is going to happen to you. And we're we're sitting back here alive today, laughing about it. Um, and really, the point of all of these stories is is that um, you know you might pick up a couple of tips, right? Um, yep. You might think of us as complete amateurs. Hopefully not. Um, but You'll have a good chuckle and um, maybe you'll learn something, you know, what what not to do. Um, Or just, hey, look, you know, be careful out there, right? (laughs) When you're doing stuff. Right, right. does does, does, does happen. Um, So um, that one, I've got another one here. Um, Oh, I've got one. I'll check this out. Um, Okay, so one day we're going along and I remember I said before, hey, where's the dinghy? Um, Well, it's not that story, but somebody said, hey, where's the engine off the dinghy? Oh, (laughs) and so we can see the dinghy we're towing it and then there's a little splash behind the dinghy so we are now here's us going along towing the dinghy and here's the dinghy going along towing the engine with a little safety line (laughs) on behind so that took us i think four days to clean the carburetor out because it was right at the start of the charter um cleaned out the carburetor got it got it running um you know after about three or four days but uh so that was um us not checking the charter company had put the dinghy on i mean the engine on the dinghy and they hadn't tightened down those bolts oh, yeah. and um yeah. you know that's that's you know as the skipper that's that's my fault for not checking that i guess sort of maybe <laughs> um, can't check everything but um hey you know when you get on a charter just check check that the engine is tight Uh, tightly screwed to the dinghy so that doesn't happen Um, it just jumped right off and you know off it went so if thank goodness it was tied because um we would have been paying for uh, a complete new outboard engine um yeah
1: it's hard to explain showing back up without the outboard on the dinghy
0: yeah yeah, um, seagull. Seagull got it. Pelican. Yeah, seagull got it. <laughs> All right, so I can cross that one off. All right, come on, hit me with another one. See if you can one <laughs> This is massive dinghy failures, by the way, right?
2: Well, this isn't really a dinghy fail, but I, I, how many times have you gotten in the wrong dinghy uh, at night after you've maybe had one too many drinks <laughs> at the rum bar? Never. Uh, any, any, any tricks, any things that you do to make sure that you get it back into the right dinghy?
0: Um Usually I can tell by my knot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's my knot usually. But, uh, <laughs> but, but um, do make a point of that is that, that, you know, what do you do with your suitcase when you travel, right? You put a little red ribbon on your suitcase. Same thing. <laughs> All dinghies yeah. look alike. right? Make sure you <laughs> tie a knot or a piece of paper or, uh, I don't know, something on your dinghy to make sure it's the right one. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. what kind
1: of knot do you usually use to tie your dinghy up?
0: Um, that's a good question. I, I do do a bowline um, okay. if it's to a nice cleat, you know, through the through the hole in the cleat. Um,
1: right, and then tie a bowline on the outside of
0: it. Yep, and then I do a number nine uh, knot, which means finish it off with a half hitch. So uh, a okay. bowline and then a half hitch because uh, bowlines actually can come undone if they're not under tension. Right, um, right. So if you've got waves, sort of, you know, the dinghy coming in and out, in and out uh, with some waves and bumping and, going, and then going loose and things like that, that and a bowling actually can come undone. So you put an extra little half hitch in that last little part to um, get it undone. Done. So that's that's one. I mean, look, the cleat hitch on onto the dock is never coming undone, right? That, that's just use a cleat hitch, you know. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, one of the things we get a lot or we see a lot of as we're rolling through these bays, is people tying up to mooring balls. um,
0: Oh, that's annoying. (laughs) Yeah, well, improperly,
1: I should say. Um, So, how much line would you want out, you know? On how how far up do you want the the boat on top of that mooring ball when you tie up? What do you
0: recommend? Um, For putting a dinghy onto a mooring ball you mean or
1: like a full-size boat that you're going to be sleeping on oh okay right. yeah, yeah, yeah
0: okay yeah I don't sleep on the dinghy much unless i'm in trouble um so i mean look on a catamaran you know there's a specific way of doing it right where you yep. go from one cleat out to the mooring ball and then back to the same cleat and then the other side you go from the cleat at the front you know back to the up the yep. mooring ball and back to the same same cleat now the um so that the lines go out and back um and that's usually probably uh less less than a boat length um 25 feet something like that uh monohull um you know not very far maybe six or eight feet something like that. Probably. You want
1: the painter pretty tight, or would you even recommend the painter out of the water, or no?
0: Um, or not the
1: painter. I'm sorry. The um...
0: ball. No, leave the ball floating. <laughs> the, the, the pennant.
1: The pennant. <laughs> yeah, leave the ball in the water. The pennant. Do you? I mean, do you pull so the pennant floats out of the water, or do you leave well, it slack where it's actually in the water?
0: Yeah. The trouble is, if the mooring ball is too close to the boat, it can bang against the boat all night, Right.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Um, so you certainly don't want that. Um, there is a trick to doing that uh fixing that um oh, i forget we'll have to put that up on a blog somewhere um so that your mooring ball doesn't bang into your boat all night um so you'd certainly want it far enough away um where you know you're giving yourself a little bit of room on yeah that.
2: But th- this is a question we get a, asked a lot because some of the bays in the bbi when the uh, original sand screws were put in they're put in for uh, monoholes and they were spread out in such a way that uh, um, you know most of the boats when these were put in 15 20 years ago they weren't pushing 60 feet now you've got a lot of you know the majority of the boats down there seem to be cats mixed in with mono holes. they don't all um, you know they don't they don't all drift the same way uh, off those mooring balls and if you're not tied up tight in some of the bays cooper's one for example where some of the sand screws are still pretty tight uh, they've gone back in this past year and spread some of those out, but some of the bays are are, are tight. Others uh, you can let more line out. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we we typically, depending on what bay it is, recommend pulling those things in close if you can, uh, so that you don't have a ton of line out. Um, yeah. In in some of the bays.
0: Yeah. No, so. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Just basically check around you see what's what's going on there. Um, yeah so no that's cool all right um so i i've got another one another dinghy, okay. massive dinghy fail um, um it was uh, well i've got a couple actually so um one is don't try to treat the dinghy like a bouncy house um oh. <laughs> so it <so clears throat> might have been a couple too many drinks but uh, one of my friends maybe um in greece uh jumped off the dock um onto the edge of the dinghy, thinking that he was just going to be cool, and, um, and just completely launched himself into the water. <laughs> 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 just bounced. Makeshift blob. Just yeah. bounced, right? Bounced off the dock uh, into the water, so, so don't do that. And then the other one, that's, that's getting into the dinghy, right? So the other you know, classic fail is putting one foot on the dinghy and one foot on the boat and then thinking that you're going to get into the dinghy right it's not going to happen there's only one place you're going and that's straight into the water the dinghy just pushes away with that leg and you just go straight down so um everybody has seen that one um and probably everybody's done that so um except, except except for me so that's um speaking
2: of that you know one of the things one of the tricks we've seen i don't know if you recommend this or not but uh you know, getting onto the dinghy dock or even uh, the back of the boat, if you'll leave the engine in gear just enough to keep a little bit of pressure, yeah. um, it allows people to, to step off uh, without that uh, push away.
1: Yeah, you push the nose of the dinghy, point the nose of the dinghy at the uh, dinghy dock and just add a little bit of throttle, and you can actually just hold it there. And then people can just walk right off of it without having that back-and-forth action or having to tie it up real quick, and then the last guy out could just tie it up.
0: Yeah. Last guy out should know what he's doing. Um, cause yes. he's the um, and at the same point to that, I've done a lot of rock climbing and, um, the golden rule is rock and rock climbing is always have three points touching. Right. So either two, two, uh, uh feet on the rock and one hand while the other hand is reaching, um, or, um, you know, two hands on and one foot on while the other foot is reaching out. And so the same applies to getting on and off a dinghy. Right. Um, You don't stand up on the boat and then try to take this giant leap (laughs) with one point touching the boat and the other foot just dangling out there trying to hit the dinghy. Uh, Right. Get get down. It it looks kind of ugly sometimes, but get two feet on the – get one foot on the boat, two hands on the boat, and reach out with your foot. And once your foot uh, touches the dinghy, then get your other hand across, right? And so that – Yeah. You always got three points touching something, and that will almost guarantee that you don't – step into the water but that oh my god i mean every <laughs> Almost. charter Almost. every charter somebody goes it gets wet um and it's always just like don't do that don't. three points uh splash okay all right so that's a bad idea yep, let's <laughs> learn Yep. Yeah. Uh, but it is fun to watch um no question about it um all right um well hey look let's let's talk about how to make a reservation um in the BVI uh, on a on a mooring ball and what do you gotta do like do you do it months in advance, weeks in advance, the same day? Let's let just go through the whole thing for everybody, talk about how to make a so, reservation.
1: So everything you just said, we have thought about and we've we've been asked about months, okay, why can't we do this a month in advance? How come we can't do it a week in advance? And it boils down to once again it boils down to um the the mooring ball owners um and how it affects their schedule and I mean, anybody has been to BBIs knows that the weather comes up pretty quick. So if you got your whole trip planned and you get down there and there's a little bit of a swell, it kind of changes um, everything about the way your trip was going to go. And then you end up with a bunch of cancellations and it becomes, logistically, it becomes a very big nightmare. Um, we also know that a lot of people wake up in the morning and they are like, where are we going today? You know, day day's wide open. What do you guys want to do? And they plan day by day, maybe, you know, a day in advance. But we designed a program around being able to wake up in the morning. And when we first started, it was 12 o'clock at night because we just didn't know how it was going to go. And we moved that time from 12 o'clock at night to 7 7 a.m. in the morning to be able to make reservations for that evening. So we planned it so that you could wake up and make a reservation for that evening where you were planning on staying. and it's it, we planned it that way it's been working and we've thought about it and toyed with uh being able to plan months out but every time we floated past um resort owners or the morning ball owners we get a lot of static which rightfully so it just i think logistically it becomes too hard to do
2: yeah yeah at the end of the day Bodyball ball is just a a booking service it's no different than a parking lot app or uh something that you might find you know in in any of your big cities and so um you know we don't own the mooring balls uh, we do require the mooring balls to be maintained and insured to be in the program and so that was one of the things we really wanted to highlight when we started this was that's unfortunately not the case for all moorings in the BVI and um, you know the charter companies when you charter a boat from them well typically they would tell you to tie up to either to a more secure mooring um, but they would encourage you to tie up to a maintained and ins- uh, maintained mooring at least depending on which bay you pull in, there's three, four different mooring ball owners, and it's almost impossible to identify by looking at them, which ones are maintained and insured. When was the last time that they were checked? When did somebody dive, dive down and check all the connections? Now we recommend that you do that. The the charter companies recommend that you do that anytime you tie up to a mooring ball. Um, But there's certain mooring ball owners in the BBI that pay for that maintenance. They pay for that insurance. Um, And those were the, those were the owners that we wanted to work with. And so we required that in order to put the moorings into our system. And so that was one of the reasons why the charter companies got behind what we were doing is because it allowed for a boater to real simply and easily identify uh, and maintain an insured mooring ball that they could tie their boat up to
0: well, and especially if you're new and you're going down to the BVI and you're a little bit nervous, um, you know, yep. you certainly want to do that. And, you know, look, as the alternative, years and years ago, um, you would just have to rock up somewhere and hope that there was a mooring ball, right? Oh,
2: um, oh, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, and I, I would say, you know, our first couple of years down there, the only real anxiety we had on our trip was pulling into a mooring field, um, you know, driving a boat that uh or captaining a boat that's bigger than probably what we're normally usually captaining at home uh and competing with a couple other boats over the last mooring in a mooring field right well, and so we we've all deployed different strategies talking about uh dinghies what we used to do is deploy somebody on the dinghy that would go race through the mooring field and try to find the last mooring oh. um but that, you know, that brought on a level of stress and anxiety that we wanted to eliminate with this. Um,
1: I mean, the whole, the whole we, we came up with the idea um, after we got chased out of a bay that didn't have any available moorings by a storm. And we were just looking for a place to tie up. And um, Ty woke up, I guess, the next morning. I was like, what if you could reserve these things? And that was it. Okay. So we spent the rest of the trip talking to people about mooring balls, who owned the mooring balls, how the whole system worked. And by the time the trip was over, we absolutely had zero useful information other than how many mooring balls there were in each bay. So we came home, um, made some phone calls and found out the more secure was involved in the, in the, um, operations of these mooring balls and installing and ensuring them and maintaining them and approached more secure actually got up with david moore and we flew to texas and had a meeting with him and tried to explain the idea around an app as he literally pulled out a flip phone and we were like oh we're shocked for shot and you know rusty burns we talked to him and rusty was like this is never going to work in his head he never said it he told us later he was like yeah well when you guys were first talking with at lunch in texas i was thinking to myself you're talking about the bbis this will never work um i guess six months went by yeah. And and um you know it's funny side story is, is david moore is riding with his um Grand- grandkids. grandkids who's you know got got the latest and greatest iphone and and he had just purchased a new car. I think it was a Cadillac or something, and it had the Bluetooth connectivity. And she is getting phone calls and text messages through his car, which she does because he has a flip phone. And she's explaining to him how everything works, and he says this is the greatest thing ever. So he goes and gets an iPhone, and then she explains to him what apps are. And we get a phone call back, and he's like, "Okay, I might I understand what you guys are saying. We need to meet again." And and then it was off and running. It was it was great. Yeah.
2: So, you know, some some of the things, you know, we originally actually built the app to allow people to pay for first come first serve. So some of the
1: new,
2: new things that you'll see, um, on the, on the boater app this year, one is a lot more content. We, we really have tried to build out the site. So if you're in the BVI and you want to know what's uh, available in a bay or different activities, you can find it through the app, through the website, really trying to build out, uh, a place for local businesses to advertise and to promote uh, themselves to, uh, to to the charter industry. So one of the things you'll see this year that um, we haven't had in the BVI up until this year is first come first serve. Like I said, we originally built the app out this way but none of the owners uh, took us up on it early on. But with COVID, this is a really good opportunity uh, to put additional moorings into the program and provide just an additional way for boaters to pay for their mooring and um, so you'll see that in the app this year when you go in the the way that process will work is fairly simple you set up your uh, user account at boatyball.com at the boater app just like you would uh, if you were going to reserve a mooring when you tie up to a first-come, 1st first serve mooring, the moorings that are in the program will have a three-letter code on it, we will ask you for that three-letter code. That three-letter code identifies whose mooring that belongs to. In many of the bays in the BVI, there's multiple mooring ball owners. And so by entering in that three-letter code, it will tell us whose mooring it belongs to and it allows to direct the payment uh, to that mooring ball owner but this is a feature that uh, we're excited to add this year because we think with COVID especially, uh, with the encouraging social distancing and other things, this is just a way to reduce uh, unnecessary contact if needed.
1: Yeah, I mean, we said we were gonna do this at the, um, when we first started Bodie Ball, and it's, it's taken us two years to get to this point to be able to do this, and I think it's a little bit of a push because of COVID helps help us along a little bit um and we're, we're actually pretty excited about it i think it'll it will open up um the information by having more people get more and more involved in the first come first serve being part of our program it'll open up where we can actually use Bodyball ball down in the BBI to help uh you know to help with
0: social distancing issues Right, so you're saying there's two ways of reserving a ball. One, you can get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and say we're going to go over to Cooper's or wherever you're going to go, and you can make that reservation, uh, assuming that there's one available at 7.03. Um, um, And or you can rock up to a location um, and just see a boring boring ball there and pull the number off and just make the reservation, tie up to it, and, and you're done, right? Yep, and then yeah, and,
1: you just pay pay for it. and pay just, for it. Just pay for it. Right. Yeah, there's no just. It's just a way to pay for the first come first serve. That way, somebody doesn't have to come out in a boat and collect your money. You don't have to wait for them. Yeah, you tie up, pay for it. You get the you know the receipts on your phone and you're done. They see it. They know you paid for the mooring ball and you don't. There's no interaction and there's no you know impingement on your time schedule. Right. You don't have to wait for somebody to come by in a boat.
0: And how do you yeah. know if somebody hasn't reserved that ball or is it a different color? Um, Bowl.
1: it'll be a different
2: color yeah so the the moorings that are orange in the app are available and they they're grayed out once they've been reserved and uh you you kind of hit on it grant so i'll just go ahead and address it now this past season um there were more boats on the water than before irma yet there was about 200 less mooring balls yeah. uh for for boaters a lot of the bays, places like bitterin, uh saba rock still weren't open so that meant boaters were very congested which created a huge demand for moorings so not only the reservable moorings in our program but even the first come first serve moorings in the bays if, if you didn't get a reservable mooring in, in some of these popular bays you needed to be there by noon in order to get a first come first serve and so um we know there was very high demand um it, we hope as these other sites open up it'll voters will be spread out and that you won't have to uh make a reservation by seven oh five in the morning uh in order to get a morning ball
0: right well and that it's that, a good thing making that reservation because now you don't have to like be at a certain place at 12 o'clock to to get there you know that's by the time you wake up you don't want to have to race to the next place drop a pick up the morning ball and sit there all day why, why aren't you out sailing And having fun and swimming in the baths and swimming in different bays and stopping for lunch and things like that so this this is really awesome you know making a reservation really allows you to enjoy the full extent of that day um and then you know so you've got the reservation but and i guess what you're saying also is that if you do rock up and you want to grab a a mooring ball um, and let's say you're not a member of Bodie ball how do you know that that is a Bodie ball mooring and not to touch that one
2: well, so well, so the the reservable moorings in the program are a bright orange. They're um, conical shaped, so they look very different than the other moorings that are out there in the water. Okay, uh, so they're a little bit bigger. So and they physically, reservation only on them
0: physically now. on the water, they are. They have an orange cone on top. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, they're actually. It looks for uh, I don't know. <laughs> they are like orange. Has, uh, a two snowball snowman. So <laughs> it is. It's just orange, and it looks like a pear okay yeah. so, um, and so it has a, it, yeah and it's i mean it's uh, the entire
2: mooring is, yeah the entire uh mooring is orange yeah okay, so it's, so. it's very obvious that they're they're different they're a different shape they're a different color right. and they've got big stickers on them that say reservation only on them
0: i see okay that that's good that's and,
2: good and and then the first come first serve moorings that will be in the program will have a sticker on it that says body ball and it'll have a three-letter code right uh, and anybody can tie up to those. Those are going to be first come, first serve. And you can the the app's just going to provide an additional way uh, for boaters to pay for that mooring ball.
0: Right. And it sounds like you should have a QR code in that on that ball or something like that. So if somebody yeah, doesn't,
2: we, we we've thought about that. What we didn't want is people holding their phone over. Uh, we could see how many phones would end up in the in the water if we if we did that but oh. that was a thought at
0: one point <laughs> yeah all right well cool okay so hopefully everybody understands that the program um and if not what just go to uh, com and you know sign up for free and then you know look just make a reservation when you go down there make it at seven o'clock in the morning um or if your plans are loose and you come across a mooring ball that is got a three-digit code on it that's got booty ball. You can grab that one immediately and um, and go, but if one's got the two cones on it, um, uh, it will be um, on the app yeah. that it's reserved already or not. Right? So you'll have to make sure uh, that you look on the app. And, right. and just for everybody's um, knowledge, the app, it's an online app, right? So it's not an app like you download. Yeah, it's a hybrid
1: app. So we, we, we have a problem with saying app for some yeah. reason. Um, it 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 just from the very get-go we've been saying it's an app it's a hybrid app so it's web-based and and technical reasons it's really beneficial to us um not to have an app the requirements are are the same as far as how an app works on the water versus how our system works on the water both of them to do live inventory updates have to have a connection
0: yeah um well, and it doesn't it matter. I mean,
1: depending on it, we could, get, we could do an app.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. As long as it's mobile-friendly, who cares if you're doing an app or a, or a, um, a, a browser? It just doesn't matter. Yep, so, um, yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So sometimes apps, I think, are over-promoted um, in one sense so all right uh, that's that's really cool so we've gone over just sort of how it got started uh we've gone over you know what what the benefits of it are you know who's behind it so uh Ty atterbury and bob wall um that's good so um anything else we want to talk about body ball um how much or how much does it cost there you go how much does it cost to reserve an ad, oh, a, yeah. a, a, a ball? come on let's get to the details right?
2: yeah so it. So the, the reservable moorings are an extra ten dollars. So it's a forty dollars charge for reservable mooring. So right. um, you know for, for ten bucks you can uh, you know spend an extra couple hours on the water easily and know you got a place to stay that night. The uh, first come first serve. We've worked with the uh, local owners and it's going to remain at thirty dollars. So. Uh, that's our intent is to keep the price uh, exactly, most of the moorings in the, in the BBI are $30
0: today yep. for a first come, first serve. And that yeah. is a so, deal because I can tell you that's maybe I shouldn't, um, but if you ever go to the Malfi Coast, um, you can pay as much as 200 euros for a mooring ball for one night. Um, and we yep. have paid that, and uh, you almost have to pay it because water is really deep. It's beyond the depth that you can anchor at. Um, and if you want to go to the popular places, um, you just have to pay it. So it has to be in your budget. So forty bucks for a mooring ball for a night. That's that's awesome. And you know, again, somebody can always anchor in the sand if you must anchor. Yep. Um, but uh, why not, right? It's spread it out amongst uh, everybody on the on the boat and you know it's 10 bucks each for you know safe night sleep and and you know it's uh it's been inspected and uh and you've got the whole day to play um with it so that, that's totally worth it all right um yeah. and so you just go to more, uh you go to com, and just enter in your information and you're up and running right and your credit card obviously
2: okay correct now you don't have to enter in your credit card information if you don't uh want to but when you reserve so kind of the the, the process uh, the the way the process works is you reserve a mooring you then have four minutes to pay for that mooring so we we encourage people to go ahead and enter in their their payment information so they're not trying to enter it in uh within that four minute period sometimes the connection in the bvi can be slow if you don't pay for it within that four minutes Come uh, it comes market. back on the market so one of the tricks we tell people is if they're on at 7 a.m and and they aren't, are unable to get a mooring that they want to reserve stay on for about five minutes because there are uh, those moorings do come back online and we do have cancellations from time to time so uh, we also recommend checking throughout the day um, if you know you're going to a bay and you're looking for one and weren't able to get one early in the morning so grant we were uh, we were actually uh, watching uh, more secure install some uh, moorings in great harbor and uh uh, a local gentleman came up and asked us uh if we were staying the night we told him no uh we were just sitting there you know watching this installation and uh he he said well well it's thirty dollars and we said well thirty dollars he goes "Yes, thirty dollars for for the day and uh we're like okay and and we asked him if he worked for the gentleman that uh, owned the moorings because we knew who that was and he looked at us and he just immediately took off (laughs) and so Um, You know, one of the problems that they do have in some of the bays in the BVI is some some folks will scam voters. And voters are typically honest people. If somebody comes up collecting uh, for the night stay, uh, you're typically going to pay them. But unfortunately, it's really hard to know whose mooring ball that is and if the person who's coming by and collecting a legitimate person. In this case, um, it was not. And uh, this is what actually led to probably our last... uh, Dingy story from hell on this trip. So, um, the the mooring ball owner had actually asked us to file a police report uh, on this individual who had tried to basically scam us for for thirty dollars that day. Are the police, I think the police
1: actually <laughs> called. They called us.
2: Yeah, and uh, so we were going into roadtown and right outside the Moorings Marina, there 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 are some Moorings right outside the uh, there, just, were there were some. <laughs> is probably the keyword. Uh, right outside uh, the the uh the marina there again the, jetty and, the yeah. jetty and so we we pulled in there uh to tie up so that we could go and file this uh police
1: report yeah, so, so we pull in and the you know there's a there's a couple available moorings, but we we got one that was fairly close and we approach it and Ty bends down and he grabbed the um the yeah. pennant and the loop has gone off of it and i was like okay well, let's go to the next one not a big deal right but I look behind me to, to reverse the boat, and the dinghy is floating away towards the jetty. Now, the seas are pretty rough, so there's literally not breakers, but they're getting close to being breakers slamming the jetty. In between us and the jetty is a 65 foot cat, two rows back on the mooring field, and the dinghy. Is probably at this time fifteen to twenty feet off the back of our boat, free floating. It's gone. Is I don't know how, but it came untied. Uh, somebody and chopped the paint it with was going prop- the going <laughs> Yeah, and Ty, I look at Ty. I said, Ty, you got to go get the dinghy. <laughs> you got to <laughs> so, get. Oh, it. I'm driving the boat, <laughs> and, I, and 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 I'm thinking the dinghy from hell is yeah. is now
2: you know back in the engines back on. Yeah, right. The
1: <laughs> engine has restarted. Somebody failed to put it to neutral and pull the kill switch on it. And it is, it's floating away and it's going, luckily it's going towards, you know, towards shore, which is the jetty where it's going to be smashed to pieces. And uh, this nice 65 foot, beautiful cat and Ty jumps in. And, and, I'm,
2: and I'm praying to God it hits the cat. by way. Know, We're thinking it's
1: going to hit the cat and slow <laughs> it up. So when Ty jumps in, I reverse the boat thinking, well, maybe I can go around behind the cat in between it and the jetty and kind of just stop the, the dinghy from hitting it. I, I spin the boat in place, and, and an instantly left engine quits. And I'm like, "Son of a gun! I caught the uh, pennant line in the left left engine. Yep. So now I'm 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 hooked up to the mooring ball backwards. <laughs> yeah,
0: hooked up and, right. Uh, no gun anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, by the prop. I wanted to be hooked up to it anyway, but. Um, ty's getting the dinghy. um i'm on the phone calling you know more secure I contacted you know, rusty burns said, hey rusty i need you to come out and dive on this thing and un- unsnag me off this um this the pennant line out here he goes and he first thing he asks, where are you so we're right outside mornings and he was in the government building so he walks over to the window and he's like oh yeah there you are he goes hey you tied up backwards i was <laughs> like oh yeah funny guy so he sends this squad of you know commercial divers out there in a, a rib. There's like eight guys, and uh, they're all. They looking look at like me. Navy SEALs. Like looking at us. Navy SEALs. They're looking at us like you guys are. What? Do you, who gave you a boat to operate? And they dived they dive the boat, untie it, and we tie back up to another morning And and you know, 200 bucks later, no no harm, no foul. Um, we had to call the charter company again. Yeah, to call the, <laughs> the charter company again. <laughs> but just so you know. Uh, of course, the commercial divers, they called the charter company anyways yeah. and told them, hey, yeah, the boat's clean. It's okay. Um, but we had to call them and tell them, hey, we just tied up to a mooring with the prop. What, what
2: Bob left out was uh, as that dinghy was floating towards that oh, other yeah. cat, I was <laughs> praying to God that it was going to hit it because, you know, the first 25 yards, I looked like a champ. Strong yeah,
1: um, swimmer. Yeah. Up until <laughs> the <yard 20. laughs>
2: and then I hit the wall. Well, that, that dinghy went right in between the two pontoons. It never once touched that boat. No, yeah. not... I mean, and it, <laughs> it just
1: kept yeah, going. Right in between the two pontoons, and Ty goes in right after it. And I'm like, I don't have time. I'm dealing with rusty on the phone, trying to hold the boat off this thing so it doesn't torque the prop shaft. And he comes back out, you know, after he goes under the boat and disappears. He comes back out in the dinghy. You know, that everything's okay, but... <laughs> Yeah, we are never again on that boat ever, ever again. <laughs> this is the worst dinghy ever.
0: <laughs> so
1: so it's that possessed. was that was our, uh, our our dinghy from hell uh, yeah. trip. Yeah, that was three days. Three stories yeah. every day.
0: We had a story with the dinghy. The dinghy have a number on it so we can put it on this podcast and tell everybody if <laughs> you're a charter company. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think no, it was 666. Well. Six, six. Yeah. Six, six. <laughs> yeah, don't ever take a dinghy with 666 six, six on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I, I've I uh, have to admit I've got one more dinghy story. Um, this is a good one um so one of the guys we're going along this is um down heading from saint lucia down to grenada one time he's standing on the back of the cat um mucking around with his girlfriend and he falls over backwards and falls off the back of the boat while we're doing about eight knots under sail um on a cat oh, nice. yeah and uh so he um reached up with his arm and scooped the dinghy as it comes sliding past him and saved himself <laughs> uh, first off he called he called himself his own man overboard as he goes right so he's falling backwards and he calls <laughs> man overboard splash um, then reaches up with his arm grabs the dinghy and uh, pulls himself into the dinghy right well so we didn't have to slow down or anything we thought that was pretty good but um the Issue was, this is another dinghy learning story for everybody, is when your garbage on your boat starts to get stinky, do not have the bright idea of putting it in the dinghy um, because the stench is behind you, not in the wind. So what happened was we had done that because we didn't know any better. And um, so now Michael is in the dinghy. Um, with all of the bags of garbage broken open because the waves were sloshing around. So he's mixed up with rotten chicken and coffee grinds uh, screaming at us saying, pull me in, guys, pull me in, please, please pull me in. Um, so we couldn't help but laugh. And so we left him in there for another 20 minutes. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Till he got really mad at us. And at that point, we thought, well, we better pull him in. So, um, You can't pull a dinghy in, by the way, at eight knots. Um, and even with a whole bunch of guys on it you have to put it on a winch so we put on a winch and winched the dinghy up to the uh to the cat and we didn't have to slow down at all so that was that was quite a good one we, th- we thought that was that's quite good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then uh, look there's another one that's just this is just knowledge um for dinghies is um you know most places you go in the caribbean you don't um have a tide necessarily um i think it's couple inches six inches something like that but in most places other places you go you do have a tide and so when you if you've been to the caribbean a lot and then uh, you go to thailand or you go somewhere else um there's probably going to be a tide and uh you pull a dinghy up on the shore and walk away and you might even be very clever and think that you're putting a dinghy anchor into the sand and all that kind of stuff but you come back that um dinghy's probably not going to be there yeah, it will have floated away. So um, that did happen to us in the Sierra Cortez. Um fortunately it wasn't my dinghy, it was a friend, a friend of mine, yeah. Um his dinghy floated out and we we're standing on top of a mountain um in the Sierra Cortez looking out into the caldera and we go, Hey, there's uh, there's a, a Dinghy out in the middle of the caldera <laughs> about half a mile off and uh, my friend michael different michael says oh shit, i think that's mine so he runs down the mountain and the water in the sea of is not that warm so he has to take his short shorts off and swim out a mile, about three quarters of a mile by this time <laughs> grab his dinghy bring wow. it back um so uh, yeah anyway um that's a, that's a dinghy learning story um a pretty big fail i would say you know not thinking about the tides um so hopefully somebody will learn something from that one. All
1: right. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. All Another right. great story. Yep. Oh, man. Well, the more you charter, the more stories you have. And the more stories yeah. you have, and when you die, the happier you are. I can tell you that. <laughs> Not from experience because I haven't died yet, but um, I know that I'll be a <laughs> pretty happy man. Um, all right, guys. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for sharing your massive dinghy fails with me. That was just a blast. Yeah, think that we have come to the end of the show thanks guys um, anything else to add
1: no i think it was it grant i think that was great okay yeah we appreciate you having us on and uh that was a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so all right well uh bob and ty hey from Bodieball, ball you know thanks very much for being on the show uh i had a good time and uh everybody um boatyball.com uh, Ball. b-o-a-t-y-b-a-l-l com. just look it up yep. learn about the balls in the bvi and um and then um yeah i mean look um we've got a bvi chart briefing um course that you have with nautic ed that anybody can take that course and it's a, a chart briefing course at the set the charter company will give you a briefing when you first go there and it takes you know a couple of hours or you have to wait around till you get that briefing if you've done that briefing online with nautic ed um, most often you can just show that your certificate to the charter company and you won't have to uh, go through that uh, chart briefing with uh, the charter company they'll they'll um, know that you've got all the right information and it's full of all the information on on phone numbers of the hospitals the police um, anything like that what not to, what to watch out for where places you can't go because the rocks is too many rocks or um uh, yep. Restaurants, where to get water, where you can't get water, uh, grocery supplies, um, uh, fish identification chart—you um, know everything that you need to know—and and a couple of good itineraries um, going around BVI. So that's all in that course. That uh, course with Nautic Ed, um, and in particular, if there's one course that I can can promote out to everybody um, after listening to this podcast it's the maneuvering under power course um, that we have online and we've had so many students come back to us and say wow i did not think that i could learn how to maneuver a boat um, with an online course and what we've done with the course it's got all of the tips and tricks in it and then we just give you exercises and um, take these exercises out on your own boat um out to your own lake or your own little waterway and try them out and become a really great expert at maneuvering your boat backwards sideways uh, round and round tying up to how to spring on how to spring off how to pick up a mooring ball how not to pick up a mooring ball uh, cool uh, <laughs> hey, 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 hey,
2: hey grant with with the holidays coming up can can you gift one of those courses to somebody? Because I know somebody who's uh, yeah, sitting next to me here that
0: I might actually want to uh, recommend a course for. Or gift sure, course for. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, well, and I'll tell you, the course is, is really is that good. And, and, you know, look, there's a couple of tricks in all of our courses, but um, one of the tricks um, is, um, look, some mooring balls don't have a, um, a pennant on them. So it's just got a little steel hook on the top. Um, especially if yep. you go down to like uh, Martinique, um, ball, the balls down there, you can't um, you can't pick up your you can't pick up the ball um, with your boat hook. Uh, it's too heavy, and you can't reach down to it. So there's a special little trick that we have for getting those ones. Um, should I maybe I'll devote? Yeah, you just back up to the mooring ball. It's really simple. Just back up and then hook it, with your <laughs> and, then, and then take it around. Um, so all right guys um thanks a lot so much and um everybody thanks for listening today hope you had some fun uh, don't do what we did and uh <laughs> enjoy enjoy <laughs> the bbis yeah absolutely thank you thanks guys bye for now
1: thanks grant appreciate it <laughs> Hey Grant, that was fun. Yeah, we appreciate
0: you doing that. Yeah, it was all you know. Actually, um, the guy that jumped off the dock onto the um, onto the uh, bouncy house uh, dinghy. That, that, yeah, 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 that was really me. <laughs>